Welcome to the Jim Leach Show, WMAY on 92.7, 94.7, and 970 AM. Busy day today, a lot of breaking news, both at the state and at the international level. We'll get to all of that this afternoon. We want to start, though, uh, taking a few minutes to check in with State Senator Steve McClure. He's taking time out from a busy schedule of session, committee meetings, etc. He's got an important piece of legislation today that comes just weeks after the uh, horrifying murder of a Department of Children and Family Services caseworker. Uh, who was on a home visit down in Thayer and lost her life there. Senator McClure and other lawmakers today uh, putting forward legislation aimed at uh, giving them some additional layer of protection here in those uh, volatile situations. Senator, thanks for taking the time. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Jim. I I was surprised to learn that uh, DCFS workers are not allowed to carry pepper spray with them, something any of us could do for personal protection uh, as we are going uh, to and from work or anywhere we might want to go. But this is something that is not uh, afforded to DCFS workers when they're on their job entering potentially dangerous situations. So tell me what your, uh, your bill would permit. So the bill would permit DCFS investigators to carry with them mace, pepper mace, or pepper gas, provided they have received training from the Illinois State Police. Um, it's also clarified in the bill that this is for self-defense purposes, and it is not a mandate. These, these investigators will have the option to take it if they so choose. Have you been given any explanation as to why this hasn't been permitted up until this point? From what I can gather, they just have concerns. DCFS has concerns with any investigator having, uh, you know, mace or pepper mace or pepper gas with them when they're going to deal with children. However, as you pointed out in the lead up to this, everyone is allowed to have mace or pepper spray. If you're an adult, you're allowed to carry in the state of Illinois. And so, you know, it can be in the home, whether DCFS brings it into the home or not. So I think the, the key ingredient here is the fact that the Illinois State Police would be able to train them how to use it, and DCFS would be clarifying what would be able to clarify in what situations it can be used, namely to protect your life and to protect yourself. So I hope that you know these issues are being addressed, and DCFS and I are going to have some discussions over the next week, and I'm hoping that they will eventually be on board with with this bill. Yeah, I want to come back uh, to that because you you talked about that about DCFS's reaction to this. But but let me ask you, uh, along uh, the lines of what you just talked about, they're going into people's homes, children present there. Are there potentially liability concerns for something like this? Should a worker uh, feel they have a need to deploy this, but there might be children nearby, or it might be a situation where may, maybe they weren't in as much danger as they thought? Uh, what are the liability ramifications of something like this? Well, the liability is a bit less because in order for them to carry it, they've got to go through this training. And the, the state police already train at their academy officers um, as to how to use MACE and, and, you know, in what situations it would be appropriate. Now, that's something that DCFS and ISP are going to have to talk about as far as where to draw the line, as far as how you can use it and how you can't use it. But i got to say, Jim, I would much rather have somebody accidentally spray pepper spray somewhere versus going to – going to my office and getting a phone call that we've got another DCFS employee that's been brutally murdered. Uh, Deidre Silas, of course, lost her life last month uh, on a home visit down in Thayer. We uh, know of other workers uh, that have uh, met uh, similar uh, tragic fates 
on the job. Uh, Senator, you uh, held a news conference earlier today here in Springfield to talk about this and mentioned at that time that DCFS had some concerns with the current wording of the legislation. Can you talk about what specifically they are concerned about and, and do you think there's a way to work this out to, so that the department is on board with what you're trying to do here? Well, all I got from DCFS this morning was a phone call um, after we spoke yesterday afternoon. They told me they were going to review the language, and all they said was they would like to set up a meeting with me. They have concerns about the current language, but they would be happy to discuss this. And I, I said, you know, I'm more than happy to discuss this. I'm more than happy to change the language, provided we can get this bill passed to protect our, our, our workers there as best as possible. So I don't have clarification yet from them as to what issues with the language they have. But I'm, I'm more than willing to work with them because this is a, a really important safety tool that I think has a likelihood of saving someone's life um, at DCFS. You've indicated that you uh, think you will have some Democratic support for this legislation. You've got uh, even a, a Democratic lawmaker that is prepared to, uh, to serve as a chief co-sponsor with you? That's correct. Senator Morrison will be a chief co-sponsor. I've spoken to several other of my friends on the other side of the aisle that are supportive of the bill, and we're going to go from... Um, filing this, which we've already done. We're going to file an amendment to a shell bill as well. So there will be two opportunities in the Senate to pass it. I'm going to get as many Democrats to support as possible. And I've even contacted the governor's office, and they're going to get back to me after they review the the language as well. So I'm, I'm all on board here. I want to be as bipartisan as possible. And I just want to make sure we can protect our DCFS investigators, because if any one of these people serving in DCFS was one of my family members, I would never want them to go into one of these homes without any protection whatsoever. Senator, obviously doing something is better than doing nothing, but I'm guessing in most of these situations, uh, these are uh, situations that uh, deteriorate very quickly. Uh, Someone gets angry, gets volatile, uh, starts to uh, attack a worker there, uh, and their ability to be able to respond to that in the moment uh, may may be limited. Do we need to do more than this? Perhaps have uh, police accompanying workers on these home visits or some other sort of armed security, or should workers themselves be allowed to to conceal carry, as, again, we all have the right to do in our day-to-day affairs? Well, I think you're right that more needs to be done. Um, and as far as, you know, I, I highly recommend any DCFS investigator calling a police officer and having them come with them if they suspect that it's going to be a potentially dangerous situation. The problem is former DCFS employees and current DCFS employees tell me is that you never really know if it's going to be a dangerous situation. Sometimes the lead up uh, that you receive before you make the investigation uh, house call is not sufficient enough to warn you. So you just never know what you're going to expect. And that's why the Illinois State Police is training on how to use MACE and how to access it immediately, how to defend against it if it's been, uh, if there's some spray that gets into, into your face, that sort of a thing. That's what's really important. And the, and the point is, is in the two horrific cases of murders in the last few years from DCFS employees, we know that these were uh, very, very quick things that occurred. However, carrying mace gives the possibility that they could maybe, maybe delay that person that's going to attack them by five to ten seconds. That could be enough uh, to save a person's life. And so we need to do what we can, but we do need to do more. I, I agree with that. And uh, I'm all... I'm, I'm I'm out there, and I'm a co-sponsor of several bills by both Democrats and Republicans. I'm ready to do whatever that we can 
And this is a good first step if we can get this bill passed. Senator, uh, keep us posted on the progress on this. I know you've just filed it and you don't even have it assigned to a committee yet, correct? That's correct, Jim. All right. So we'll, keep you posted. we'll continue to watch that. Well, we got you here, and I know you've got a very busy afternoon, but, uh, but real quickly, uh, we've got a truncated session this spring. Things are moving very, very rapidly there. What are your other major legislative priorities this spring? Well, now we're going to go into appropriations and talk about our state's finances. My, my priority right now is protecting people, not just at DCFS, but people in the streets of our state. We have a violence problem that is really concerning to everyone, I think, in this building. I think we disagree about how to handle it. However, as the Senate Republicans, we have filed a package, and um, we are waiting to get those bills called into committee. And I think that for the discussion to take place, for us to all get involved in a way that will make this state safer, they need to call our bills in committee, and we need to have those talks. And we're willing to deal with our friends on the other side of the aisle. We're willing to come together to, to fight this problem. But right now it's kind of a brick wall, and the solutions that have been proposed by the other side have not been effective. In fact, uh, in the last year that the bill that was passed has made things worse. So we want to come to the table. We want to fight crime together. And I hope my colleagues on the other side of the aisle will want to fight with us and Hopefully we can have some compromises and get some good legislation passed. Let me ask about that Safety sure. Act that was uh, passed last year. Uh, you and uh, other Republicans have called for this uh, this law to be repealed. It's been described as anti-police and pro-criminal. Can, can you uh, sure. explain that a little bit more for me? What specifically in that bill do you view as being anti-police? Well, the moment that it passed, it was anti-police. One of the original uh, pieces of that that legislation was that Officers could not review body cam footage before they, they, they wrote their police report. And we all know that we want police reports to be accurate. And the thing is, is when you're in a situation where a lot's happening, uh, you don't necessarily remember what the exact quotes are from a person that's been accused of a crime, what you said exactly. So police will investigate uh, things by looking at the body cam footage to make sure they get things right. The fact that officers were not allowed to use that um, before before trying to get an accurate police report was very troubling. It seemed to me that the only reason that that language was in the bill was to allow for uh, some people to get away with crimes because, you know, if something is wrong in the police report and later when you see the, the footage, it turns out that maybe it wasn't said exactly this way. That could lead to reasonable doubt. That could lead to an officer looking like they're trying to be dishonest when, in fact, it may have just been an honest mistake and the fact that they couldn't review the body cam footage for accuracy was troubling, and it was simply an attack on police. Um, so there's stuff like that all across the bill. But an- another, another troubling thing, which is very dangerous, is the fact that you're not allowed to detain people uh, before trial if they're accused of witness intimidation. And one of the biggest, most difficult crimes we can have to solve in this state are shootings, shootings, particularly gang shootings. And no one wants to testify because they're fearful of the safety uh, for the safety of their family or for them. And so to take away this tool to keep people that are charged with, with witness intimidation behind bars until we sort everything out is a very dangerous thing that sends a terrible message to people uh, in the neighborhoods who want to solve these crimes, who want the perpetrators to be behind bars, but are too afraid to testify. Some of your Democratic colleagues have said that they do want to uh, revisit some of these uh, criminal justice issues. So how likely uh, is it that you think some of those concerns may ultimately be addressed and perhaps modified this spring? 
I think there's going to be a bill. There's going to be a bill. What it contains, I don't know. And, it, and this is very likely to be a 4.30 in the morning sort of a thing. And, you know, here's the problem with those types of bills. We had a bill two years ago that I debated on the floor of the Senate uh, with Senator L.G. Sims. And the bill said that any offense that involves the use or possession of drugs, even though it may say by statute that this is not a probation-eligible offense, it is eligible for probation. I pointed out in the language that if you take that literally, which judges are supposed to take it literally, take the words as, as they see them in the statute, that would mean that aggravated criminal sexual assault where a drug is used would now be eligible for probation. That would mean a drug-induced homicide would now be eligible for probation. That would mean someone's fourth or fifth DUI on drugs where they kill somebody, that's eligible for probation. The Senate voted that down, Jim. The Senate voted that down. And guess what happened? At 4.30 in the morning, Senator Slims slipped that very language in this 764-page bill that we all voted on. The very people that voted against that bill voted for it because they didn't even know what was in it. So there is a lot of buyer's remorse, and we need to deal with that. And I hope we can come to a bipartisan solution here to solve our state's problems because we've got a lot of them, and crime is certainly about the top issue. State Senator Steve McClure, listen, thank you for your time this afternoon. I know you've got a lot to, still to get to today. We're going to let you get back to it, but we do appreciate it. And keep us posted on your DCFS legislation. I will, Jim. Thank you very much.